Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and thanks. Uh, I want to thank, give a shout out to my friend, uh, Dr. Fish, for being here last week for me. Uh, yeah, uh, he's so funny. He's a funny, funny man. Um, he, I, so, so Steve has been in ministry for 50 years. And I called him and asked him if he could come and preach. He goes, oh, I, 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 I don't know if I can. And I go, what, what? And he goes, it's been like six months since I preached. And I go, Steve, it's like riding a bike. You, 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 you. He was very nervous, so which is weird to me. But anyway, thanks, Steve. And thanks to Donna for leading worship. We, we, uh, it was, everybody was gone, so she led Luckio Divina, which if you've never done that before, it's a practice both Donna and I have, have uh, enjoyed over the years in different capacities. It's really, really uh, helpful. I was in Lincoln City at Lincoln City Vineyard with friends there, so uh, greetings to you guys from them. Was scheduled to be there a year or so ago, but due to COVID, that got bumped back and then bumped back again. And finally, they said, "Let's just do it." So we did that. But uh, it was good to be with with those guys. But you know, there's no place like home. I love you guys. I miss you even being gone a week. So glad to be back. That's so nice. Thank you. Uh, we've been we've been in Ephesians now all year. Winding down uh, in chapter six, most recently talking about the full armor of God, I elected to uh, to really take each component listed uh, in Ephesians six and look at it individually. We talked about the belt of truth uh, being the honesty between us and God, which is so foundational to everything else. I, I don't know if you guys are all anybody read Brene Brown? Any, anybody? Okay, good. I'm reading right now and. Uh, that whole vulnerability, honesty thing she talks about, I, I, I hate that. <laughs> Not really. I, I, it's, it's just so real. But the whole idea of, of the belt of truth being that honesty between us and God, it reminds me of a lot of what she says in her writing. And so uh, I, I found that to, to be good. And then we talked about the breastplate of righteousness also. And focused on the difference between conviction and condemnation. And it's so powerful. If you weren't here a couple weeks ago and you, and you didn't hear that, I'd encourage you to listen to it. Uh, you know, conviction is such a healthy thing. We all need uh, conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To help. That's how we grow, and it's how we, we move on in our relationship with God. Condemnation, not so much. Unfortunately, I think uh, all too often, a lot of us have condemnation, and we don't need it. It's bad. It's not good. Um, condemnation is when the enemy comes in and, and points a finger at us. It's very defeating and deflating. So I pray for you guys that you're not under that uh, and, and now or ever, but that you are uh, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, which is, is helpful. So today we're going to move on. Our title this morning is simply the gospel of peace. Um, 
So let me pray, and then I'm going to read again verses 13 and 14 just for context. And then our passage today is actually just one verse, verse 15. But Lord, I thank you for this week and the remembrance uh, again of uh, just uh, the sacrifice uh, of so many folks. Uh, I think, again, even currently of just first responders and all that, um, you know, they, they do to, to help keep uh, the rest of us safe and living a, a, a normal, productive life. So bless them abundantly this morning. Um, be with our friends that aren't here today. I know that there's folks that are in different stages of, of uh, grief and, and challenges this week that are part of our, our family, and we, we love them and we thank you for them and ask that your peace and your kingdom would rest upon them this morning. I pray you would anoint your word today, Lord. Help us to really just... Uh, come to a place of deeper understanding about uh, the gospel of peace and what it means to have your peace in our lives. Your name we pray. Amen. All right. Ephesians 6.13. Boom shakalaka. It's almost basketball season. (laughs) Just made me happy. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand... Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Uh, So good shoes are important. Amen. If you're a fashionista, good shoes are very important, right? You can't be high style without shoes. Am I correct? Elsa's forgiven me now. Um, but beyond that, shoes are important too. Uh, I have never been uh, in battle per se, uh, actual physical battle, but I can imagine the importance of good shoes. So, so again, if you think first century, um, no trucks, no Humvees, no any of that, soldiers walked quite literally would have potentially walked hundreds of miles. Um, and, and thinking of this, I don't know if you've ever walked or especially hiked in bad shoes. It's not fun at all. It's, 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 it's horrid. Uh, so good shoes are important. Um, to further the, the necessity for good shoes in first century warfare, I read this uh, this week. Uh, so, so in modern day warfare, there are, the, the enemy will sometimes plant landmines, you know, and then they, the people walk over them or drive over and they blow up. Um, they, 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 they had a similar dynamic. What the enemy would do is put spikes in the ground uh, just under the surface, cover them over loosely with, with loose dirt or whatever, and then they would go down the road and like wave and let them see, hey, we're, we're over here, over here. And then they, the, the army would, would come after them and they would run over these spikes and that would be very painful, very bad. So they developed shoes with, that had thick, thick leather soles. And, uh, and I read this, it was very interesting to me pre-Phil Knight, Nike, everything, but oftentimes their shoes had cleats on the bottom to help them gain traction and for, for maneuverability, which I, I found that to be kind of interesting. So good shoes were important. 
Um, what is the connection? What's the connection between the shoes you wear uh, and peace? That, that's, I suppose, important, right? Um, if, if you're going to engage in spiritual warfare, if you're going to be in battle, um, shoes are important in, in the natural. If you're going to be in, in spiritual warfare, peace is important. And frankly, if you're going to function in life on a normal level at all, peace is important. The word peace in Greek is, um, I believe it's irene. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because Greek words and English words don't always line up, but it's similar to English in that one word peace has multiple meanings. You know, in, in English, the word peace could mean uh, in, in warfare, you know, there's peace, uh, peace, you know, peace between nations. Uh, it can also mean sort of like peace on earth, like this generalized sense of, of good and well-being happening in the world. Um, so, so while the Greek word means all of those things in, in this passage, and if you do a little word study, most often in the New Testament, what it actually means, what it's speaking of is internal peace, peace of heart, the peace that we have inside of us that is a freedom from anxiety, freedom from fear. There's a sense of tranquility, of calm. It's, it's what we, we might term like peace of mind. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, I, I, I love this that scripture is timeless and it has application, you know, uh, any, any given passage or, or verse has application uh, at, at, at any point in history, in any situation. But when I think about peace, how much it means right now, today, uh, you know, we're here in church this morning wearing masks because we're in the, we're 18 months, I think, or so now into this global pandemic that just won't see, doesn't seem to want to go away. Just won't go away. You know, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, um, that we get the Delta, the Delta variant. And now they're talking about the Mu variant, uh, whatever the Mu is. I don't know. But I was like, I was thinking of, uh, when I was a young and, 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 school and uh, like the Greek alphabet. Let's just get Phi Chi Psi Omega and get this done with. You know what I mean? Just boom. Let's have it over. Get, go all the way through the Greek alphabet and be done. Um, you know, but it's interesting. I realized that what we're experiencing in terms of this pandemic is really kind of the icing on the cake of anxiety uh, of normal life. Normal life in a normal year there's plenty to be stressed about. So I, I did a little research, and this is what I came up with. Uh, just in, in general, normally in life, 27% of U U.S. adults, adults living in the United States today, report symptoms of anxiety disorder. So what anxiety disorder is, is medically measurable stress. You have a level of stress that can be quantified. And, and on the average, 27% of American adults have that. Currently, during the pandemic, that number has bumped up to 36%. 
So from a little over one in four to now a couple percentage points above one in three adult Americans have medically measurable stress in their lives. That's important to us for this reason. Stress, anxiety, fear, all of that are the enemies of all things spiritual. We're all wired a little bit differently. We all approach our spirituality differently. But regardless of whether you uh, connect with God through prayer, through worship, through reading, however, whatever your means of, of meditation, connecting with God, however you do that, anxiety, fear, those things are the enemies of that. And I don't know if you've noticed that. I know that I've noticed that. I, I, I will uh, take Brene Brown to heart and just say that in recent months, there are times when I get overwhelmed with anxiety that's not normal for me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of that. Usually I don't worry a whole lot, I'm like, whatever. Uh, but I found myself in a place where at times I just go, okay, God, I, I don't know if we're going to be okay in all this. It's really challenging. And I know that what happens is prayer and worship are much more difficult and more challenging when we're feeling that. In the, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and Naomi, you can flip the slide. Jesus says this to his followers. Do not worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Man, is, that is some solid, that's rock solid advice right there. You know, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got some issues, but uh, let's focus on the present and let's be present, not focus on what's ahead. And then a little bit later, Jesus says this, and you can go one more for me. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know, that comes towards the end of the gospel. And the context, of course, is that Jesus is going to die very soon. Um, his focus here is wanting to prepare his disciples to continue on. He wants to prepare them to the best of his ability to, to be able to continue on. Um, in his absence, at least his physical absence. He'll still be with them in spirit, but obviously, if you can put yourself in their shoes for just a minute, that's a significant change. So he's, he's trying to prepare them. And to do that, he differentiates between um, his peace, peace that comes from him, and worldly peace, the peace that is available to us through other means. In Considering this this week, I was struck by this. Uh, you, you know, uh, wor worldly peace isn't bad, okay? Let's, let's get that clear. Uh, on one level, peace is peace, and having peace is better than not having peace, okay? Uh, you know, and I, again, putting this in sort of the contemporary context, um, 
I, I try, I, I do my best in our, our current situation to be realistic and to, and to be, to, to be cautious, um, during the, during COVID. I haven't talked a lot about this. I, I believe Jesus cares about the most vulnerable. And, and so I take precautions when I, when I, you know, I was in Safeway the other night and, Joe was walking around in there with his chest puffed out and no mask on. I'm not wearing no damn mask for nobody. And um, I, I, when I go to Safeway or Home Depot, I do, you know, or anywhere for that matter. Uh, I, I, I got vaccine, um, even though I personally, I posted this a couple weeks ago on Instagram. I, I don't tend to get sick a whole lot. You know what I mean? I've had the flu like twice in my life, I think. I, 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 part of it, you know, I think it's just a immune system. I, for many, many, many years, I traveled to developing countries a lot and, you know, just have built up a tolerance to, to things. I, you know, I, I remember being in Nicaragua with our team. Cindy was there and, uh, I gave the team a whole list. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And then we were there and, <laughs> Darlene looks at me and she goes, you break all your own rules. Because I, I said, don't eat off the carts on the street. And I would eat. And don't do, you know, and I would do it. And I go, look, I know I'm not going to get sick. I don't know you're not going to get sick. I, I don't want to be responsible for you getting sick. But the point is that I'm cautious on behalf of others. But here, but here's the thing. And my, I guess my point is simply this, to say that what, what I refuse to do is live in fear. I will not live in fear. Uh, and uh, sometimes I pray, I see folks driving around in their cars with the windows up and their mask on. And I don't know, maybe, maybe they are on a short trip and just it's easier than taking it off. Maybe they forgot. I don't know. My suspicion at times, at least in some cases, is people are just afraid. I think I shared with you before, I walked by our house, there's a, a trail, and I was walking a few months ago. A lot of people are, not a lot, but I always pass people on the trail, going the opposite way, two, three, four, people walk their dogs out there, whatever. And some people have masks on, some don't. You're outside, you're nobody around. You always, everybody's gracious, you just give each other a little space, right? I was walking past this lady, and she sees me coming, I, I had a neck gator on. I actually pulled it up, but she she goes off the trail like twenty feet into the weeds and hides behind a tree until I pass. And I don't know if she was afraid of, of getting virus or if she thought I was going to mug her, but I just saw fear and I just thought, God, please bless her, take that fear away from her heart, man. Um. So, so here's the thing, and, and, and this is where the, the peace of Jesus differentiates, I think, from the peace of the world. Worldly peace is contingent upon circumstances. If, if my family is okay, my job, my health, my dog, if everything's good, then I have peace, right? I can know, I can know the peace of the world. That's what worldly peace is. It's when everything is okay, I have peace. Except this. I, I, I'm gonna, have you ever had this? 
Have you ever been in a place where in your life everything is okay, everything is going along good, no problems, everything is good, but right underneath the surface you have this feeling of impending doom? Tomorrow, next week, it can't stay this way. Something's going to go. Anybody ever feel that way? Am I the only one that ever feels that? Um, that to me is the essence of worldly peace. It's like I said, it's better than no peace, but it has limitations. As long as you're not thinking about the next phase of COVID or that half the West Coast is on fire and the half the East Coast is underwater. It's just bizarre to me. I was watching the news and the, the subways in New York City, the water's pouring down in from the hurricane last week. And you don't, don't think about that. Don't think about what's going on in Haiti or Afghanistan or anywhere. Don't, don't think about what potential economic crash or Russian hackers. All the stuff. There's just stuff. Don't think about any of that. As long as circumstances don't change, as long as, you know, my health, my family, and my dog are okay, uh, I, I have that sense of peace in my heart. That's the peace of the world. And it's, 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 it's fragile. Peace I leave you with. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. And do not be afraid. It's such a powerful verse. I would, I would encourage you this week to write that verse down on a card or in your phone or wherever and just meditate on it a little bit. Jesus says, my peace, his peace, the Prince of Peace, is very different than the peace of the world. You ever notice this? Jesus is an emotional guy. Uh, we see a, a range of emotion in him, and, and he's, he grieves. He feels grief and sorrow. He weeps at different points, um, but, but he, he doesn't worry. Jesus doesn't have anxiety. There's a peace about him that is profound, really. E- even in, the, in you know, John 14, he's facing death, and he's talking about having peace, his peace in, in the hearts of his people. And that's because it's not circumstantial. It has nothing to do with what's going on around us. Um, it's, it's, the, the peace of God is contingent on one thing. And that one thing is God being God. And that doesn't change. God doesn't ever stop being God. And so his peace doesn't ever change. And, 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 and look, we're, we're called to care. We're called to love. We're called to feel. We're called to be empathetic towards others. But we can know his peace in the midst of everything that's going on around us. The peace of Jesus, I believe, allows us to care more, to be more invested, to be, to be more connected to people, uh, to, to be more compassionate towards others in the midst of everything going on around us. Spiritual warfare is a battle, right? It's a battle. I mean, by definition, it's war. Um, and, and it's happening all the time. That's the thing is it doesn't, it's, it's, it's not like you pull some of the full, put on the full armor of God. It's not like you might need this someday. The, the reality is we need it every day. The spiritual warfare is, a, is an ongoing reality that's taking place around us 
all the time, but we can have the peace of God in our hearts in the midst of whatsoever might happen today, tomorrow, or the next day. And in fact, I would go so far as to say this, it's not a guarantee that everything will be okay. We don't have that. I, I would say quite honestly, if, you know, if we want to just put all the cards on the table today, everything's not going to be okay. There's going to be difficult times in our lives on varying levels at varying times. That's just the reality of life. I'll never, I'll never forget being 20 or 19 and my pastor telling me life's hard. Life's hard. And, and, uh, because you don't, you, there, that, that, there's no choice in that. You don't have an option. Because you, the, the option you have is this, you go through it with Jesus or you go through it without him. Oh, okay. Paul tells us in a different passage that the peace that God gives us, the peace we have in Jesus, surpasses our understanding. It, 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 it's deeper than our ability to comprehend it. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, if you've ever been in a moment in time when, I don't want to cuss right now, but when stuff was hitting the fan and you sense the peace of God in the middle of it all. But I tell you, it's a remarkable place to be. It's a remarkable place to be when the circumstances of life are so overwhelming and yet, and yet, you stand in that place of the peace of God and know His goodness. It's so, so amazing. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Casket Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give. We'll see you next week.